O Lord, open my lips. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Praise to you, O Christ. Alleluia. We pray the psalm responsively. I am the Good Shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. I am the Good Shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me, and I lay down my life for the sheep. You may be seated. The Old Testament reading is from Isaiah chapter 52. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. The voice of your watchmen, they lift up their voice, together they sing for joy. For eye to see eye they see the return of the Lord to Zion. Break forth together into singing, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has bared his holy arm before the eyes of all the nations. And all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. O Lord, have mercy upon us. The epistle is from Philippians chapter 1. Brothers, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. The latter do it out of love, knowing that I, I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former proclaim Christ out of rivalry, not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Christ, 
this will turn out for my deliverance, as it is my eager expectation and hope that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet which I shall not choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Only let your manner of life be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of you that you are standing firm in one spirit, with one mind, striving side by side for the faith of the gospel, and not frightened in anything by your opponents. This is a clear sign to them of their destruction, but of your salvation, and that from God. For it has been granted to you that for the sake of Christ you should not only believe in him, but also suffer for his sake. O Lord, have mercy on us. Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. The Holy Gospel according to St. John, the 10th chapter. Jesus said, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life, and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. 
The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees, and the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own, and my own know me. Just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason, the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. This is the Gospel of our Lord. Teach me your way, O Lord, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name, that I may walk in your truth. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. You may be seated for the sermon hymn.
sisters in Christ, to Brother Aker and my brothers in the ministry, to the family and friends of Caleb and his dear wife, to Bethany, Judah, Margaret, to all the saints here at Christ the King and all of our sister congregations, and of course, to candidate Caleb. Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Well, my dear Caleb, how does it feel to finally be sitting in that chair tonight? And many here tonight see you sitting there thinking this is the end of your four-year seminary journey. But you and I, we had somewhat similar paths to the ministry. Similar enough, at least, that I am confident in saying that your journey has been much longer than four years, hasn't it? From the time that desire for the ministry first tugged at your heart to now, it's been a much longer journey than just the time you spent in Fort Wayne. And now, after years of working, college, seminary, becoming a husband, a father twice over, vicarage, many nights of restless wondering, here you are. For those who don't know what it's like to sit in that chair, it's surreal. Everything you've worked toward, everything you've gone through, you're finally here. It is surreal, and tonight I am sure the weight of the office is beginning to feel heavy. Your head must be swirling, and you might be asking yourself what you have gotten yourself into. What did you just sign up for? I would tell, tell you there's time to run, but it's too late. We have six pastors here that will catch you. You're, you're in this. But as you are vested in your stole tonight, you might start asking, what does this make me? Who am I in this stole? And the answer to that question is in the Scriptures that we read for tonight. In John 10, our Lord begins to answer this. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. I know my own, and my own know me. Did you hear how our Lord answered who you will be in that stole? Let me help you out. What the Lord is saying is, Caleb, I am the good shepherd. Not you. I laid down my life for the sheep. Not you. And it seems rather obvious. By donning on this stole, you are not Jesus. But the temptation every pastor faces is to make all this about yourself. To think that you are the one building the, the church from yourself. To think that these flocks of Hepler and Airy are ultimately yours. For you to believe that you are the head of the church. It's the temptation of the cult of personality. To be that personality. To preach your own sinful ideas rather than Christ crucified. For pastors that fall into that temptation of that cult of personality, Christ warns about such men, Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. Note that here, 
our Lord has already judged such men to be thieves and robbers. That's his judgment. And for those of us who will be judged with greater strictness as teachers, we can't take that lightly. That is why tonight the church in her wisdom will have you vow that you believe and confess the infallible scriptures of the Old and New Testament and that they alone, not your ideas, the scriptures alone are the rule and norm of faith and practice. That is why you will vow that all your preaching and teaching and administering the sacraments will be in conformity with the Holy Scriptures. Because by making these vows, you are telling the entire church Catholic, and in particular, your congregations in Kansas, that as a pastor, you know who you are not. You as their pastor, you are not yourself the Good Shepherd. But instead, you vow to enter the sheep pen as their pastor only through the door of Christ himself, through his teaching, by Scripture alone, that you will preach only Christ and him crucified and will administer the sacraments only as a steward of his mysteries. So in a bit, who will you be as an ordained pastor? You're not the good shepherd. But our Lord isn't finished there. He continues to answer this question. He says in verse 12, He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. As if our Lord were telling you, Caleb, you are not the good shepherd, but neither are you to be a mere hired hand. And many other jobs you've probably had all around town, or even at the seminary as a student, if you saw a robber come in with a gun, or the wolf coming at you in any form, you would book it out of there. Forget about the merchandise. You'd want to save your own hide. Nor do you do this job just for the paycheck like the hired hand did. Trust me, you're not going to get rich doing this job faithfully. If that was your plan, I'm sorry. But it wasn't, I know. And of such a hired hand, of such a type of pastor, Paul also comments in our Philippians passage tonight, some indeed preach Christ from envy and rivalry, but others from goodwill. Those who proclaim Christ out of rivalry do so not sincerely, but thinking to afflict me in my imprisonment. And what Paul is saying is this isn't a job where you should preach or teach Christ insincerely just to inflict pain on another brother of the cloth. It's great that you'd still be preaching Christ. Paul still rejoiced in that, even with his affliction. But you'd be doing so while missing the spirit of what you preach. Our Lord is saying that you ought not be ordained just to be a hired hand. Again, that is why tonight, Caleb, the church in her wisdom will have you vow that you believe and confess in the three ecumenical creeds and the confessions of our Lutheran church, of the Book of Concord. Because by making these vows, what you are telling the church is that 
you will not flee and leave when the wolf comes. But instead, out of love and care for these flocks, you will believe, confess, and be in constant study of these creeds and confessions so that you may be equipped with the, with the true exposition of the Scriptures, that you may combat the errors which these creeds and confessions condemn, errors that continue to pop up time and time again, so that you may protect your flock from being snatched and scattered from false teachers and antichrists. By studying the Scriptures, the creeds, the confessions, you will have the rod and staff of the law and gospel to protect all those under your care. Now don't get me wrong. As far as with the paycheck, a worker deserves his wages for such work. But wearing the stole, you are vowing to protect your flock as more than a hired hand. You're vowing to be a pastor who loves the Scriptures, who loves the symbols of the church, and loves the flock. And to do so while working with your brothers in the ministry to protect all the flock of the church. So again, in a bit, who will you be as an ordained pastor? Not the good shepherd, but not merely a hired hand either. Now as you are vested with the yoke of this stole, we just answered who you will not be. But that doesn't answer fully who you will be. For that, listen to what St. Paul says in Philippians to the Philippian church. In every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is proclaimed, and in that I rejoice. Yes, and I will rejoice, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. If I am to live in the flesh, that means fruitful labor for me. Yet, which I shall choose, I cannot tell. I am hard-pressed between the two. My desire is to depart and be with Christ, for that is far better. But to remain in the flesh is more necessary on your account. He's speaking to his flock. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith. Do you hear in that, Caleb, the joy of the ministry that Paul expresses here? He rejoices in the preaching of Christ crucified under every circumstance. Not preaching himself, preaching Christ alone. His only difficulty in this passage is choosing whether to go to Christ in death or remain in this life to teach the church that he loves and to rejoice in her progress and joy in the faith. He knows that for himself it would be far better to be with Christ. But his love of the flock under his care is more than that of a hired hand. It is that of a dear spiritual father caring for his dear spiritual children whom he has brought up in the faith and wants to see continue grow in that faith. The joy of the apostle here, what he expresses, is the joy we have as faithful pastors. It's not that, it's not that, that he's the good shepherd. Christ alone is that. This isn't the joy of a hired hand. Because there is no joy in being a hired hand. It is instead the joy of an 
under-shepherd who is faithful in the apostolic tradition. That is why tonight, the church in her wisdom will also have you vow that you acknowledge the Lord has called you through His church into the ministry of the Word and the sacraments. (coughs) Pardon me. That you vow to honor and adorn the office of the holy ministry with a holy life diligent in the study of the holy scriptures and the confessions, to be in constant prayer for those in your congregations. By making these vows, what you are telling the church is what you have become, that you acknowledge you are an under-shepherd called by our Lord through His church and placed over these flocks only for a time, until retirement, death, or when our Good Shepherd returns. What you are saying is that as an under-shepherd, you vow to live a holy life, such that you recognize you are, first and foremost, a husband and a father, a man who will lead his wife in prayer by bringing her to the altar, who will bring your children to Christ in baptism and catechesis. What you are saying is that as an under-shepherd, you will follow the word of the Good Shepherd, proclaiming only Christ crucified, administering the sacraments only as He has told you through the apostolic word, protecting the flock with the creeds and confessions which your mother, the church, has handed down to you, praying constantly for your family and for your congregations. When you dawn on this stole tonight, this is who you will become. The scriptures and the vows of your ordination, they put a lot of wake on the yoke of this stole. We even heard St. Paul give witness to the weight of this office when he said, It is my eager expectation that I will not be at all ashamed, but that with full courage, now as always, Christ will be honored in my body, whether by life or by death. The way that Christ was honored in Paul's body was by brutal persecutions. The way Paul's body honored Christ in death was by beheading. This work is not easy, but it is blessed. For Paul also says, For I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance and for your deliverance. Always know, as Paul says here, that the saints in your congregation and the saints of this congregation as well will be praying for you as you pray for them. Never forget that as hands are laid on you tonight, you are receiving the outpouring of the Spirit upon you to execute this office. That the Spirit will be there to guide you to live a life of repentance in your baptism, forgiving your sins as you remain in constant study of the Scriptures. It is He who will strengthen you to endure all these things. It is He who will ensure your deliverance. Because when you dawn on that stole, Christ is still your good shepherd as well. That doesn't change. It never will. Christ remains your Savior and your Redeemer who knows you, who loves you, who has delivered you, whose voice you know. So yes, the stole carries much weight, but with prayers of the saints and the help of the Spirit, there is also much joy. And it ends, all of this ends, with your deliverance and your resurrection, 
with all the saints with whom you have undershepherd in this life. So never forget who you are about to become. An undershepherd whom Christ will work through to lead His flock beside the still baptismal waters to make them recline at the green pasture of His altars, to guide, through, to guide them through this valley of death so they and you may dwell in the house of the Lord forever as He returns. My friend, tonight is the result of a years-long journey. And the new journey which begins for you tonight is going to be even more incredible. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Beloved in the Lord. Caleb Dean Stover has been called by the Lord of the Church into the office of the Holy Ministry of the Word and Sacraments. He has prepared for this ministry by careful study and prayer. He has been examined and declared ready and prepared to undertake this sacred responsibility. And, by the guidance of God the Holy Spirit, he has, in the church's usual order, been called to be pastor at Emmanuel Hepler and Good Shepherd Erie, Kansas. According to apostolic use, he is now presented to be ordained and consecrated to this office established by God. We sing the hymn.
Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O Lord God, Heavenly Father, by the blessed light of your holy word, you have led us to the knowledge of your Son. We humbly implore you to replenish us with the grace of your Holy Spirit, that we may ever walk in the light of your truth, and rejoicing with sure confidence in Christ our Savior, be brought to everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Hear what Holy Scripture says concerning the institution of the office of the Holy Ministry. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus said to them again, Peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. John 20, 20, 21. Hear what the Holy Scripture says concerning the responsibilities of the office of the Holy Ministry. This is how one should regard us as servants of Christ and stewards of the ministry of God. Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found trustworthy. Do not neglect the gift you have which was given you by prophecy when the council of elders laid their hands on you. Practice these things. Devote yourself to them so that all may see your progress. Keep a close watch on yourself and on the teaching. Persist in this, for by doing so you will save both yourself and your hearers. 1 Timothy chapter 4. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word, be ready in season, and out of season, reprove, rebuke, and exhort with complete patience and teaching. For the time is coming when people will not endure sound teaching, but having itching ears, they will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own passions and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander off into myths. As for you, Always be sober-minded, endure suffering, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill your ministry. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verses 1 through 5. The saying is trustworthy. If anyone aspires to the office of overseer, he desires a noble task. Therefore, an overseer must be above reproach, 
the husband of one wife, sober-minded, self-controlled, respectable, hospitable, able to teach, not a drunkard, not violent, but gentle, not quarrelsome, not a lover of money. He must manage his own household well, with all dignity, keeping his children submissive, for if someone does not know how to manage his own household, how will he care for God's church? He must not be a recent convert, or he may become puffed up with conceit and fall into the condemnation of the devil. Moreover, he must be well thought of by outsiders, so that he may not fall into disgrace, into a snare of the devil. 1 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-7. through 7. Take heed to yourselves and to all the flock, among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers, to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Acts 20, 28. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you, not for a shameful gain, but eagerly not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. 1 Peter 5, 2-4. Hear what Holy Scripture says concerning the strength and promise God gives to those in the office of the Holy Ministry. Let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. For it is not the one who commends himself who is approved, but the one whom the Lord commends. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Continue in the things which you have learned, and be assured of knowing from whom you have learned them, and that from childhood you have learned them, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise through faith, wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God, is given by inspiration of God, and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. 2 Timothy 3, 14 to 17. Caleb, please stand. Dear brother in Christ, the Lord grant that you receive and keep these words in your heart so that you may be strengthened and encouraged in your labors. God gathers his church by and around his holy gospel and thereby also grants it growth and increase according to his good pleasure. That this may be done, he has established the office of the holy ministry into which you have been called by the church and are now to be ordained and consecrated by prayer and the laying on of hands. In the presence of this congregation and before our Lord God, to whom you must give an account, now and at the last day, I now ask you, do you acknowledge that the Lord has called you through his church into the ministry of word and sacrament? I do. Do you believe and confess the canonical books of the Old and New Testaments to be, be the inspired word of God and the only infallible rule of faith and practice? Yes, I believe and confess the canonical scriptures to be the inspired word of God and the only infallible rule of faith and practice. 
Do you believe and confess the three ecumenical creeds, namely the Apostles, the Nicene, and the Athanasian creeds, as faithful testimonies to the truth of the Holy Scriptures? And do you reject all the errors which they condemn? Yes, I believe and confess the three ecumenical creeds because they are in accord with the word of God. I also reject all the errors they condemn. Do you, con do you confess the unaltered Augsburg Confession to be a true exposition of Holy Scripture and a correct exhibition of the doctrine of the Evangelical Lutheran Church? And do you confess that the apology of the Augsburg Confession, the small and large catechisms of Martin Luther, the small called articles, the treatise on the power and primacy of the Pope, and the formula of Concord, as these are contained in the Book of Concord, are also in agreement with this one scriptural faith. Yes, I make these confessions my own, because they are in accord with the word of God. Do you promise that you perform the duties of your office in accordance with these confessions, and that all your preaching and teaching and your administration of the sacraments will be in conformity with Holy Scripture and with these confessions. Yes, I promise with the help of God. Will you faithfully instruct both young and old in the chief articles of Christian doctrine? Will you forgive the sins of those who repent? And will you promise never to divulge the sins confessed to you? Will you minister faithfully to the sick and dying? And will you demonstrate to the church a constant and ready ministry centered in the gospel? Will you admonish and encourage the people to a lively confidence in Christ and in holy living? Yes, I will with the help of God. Finally, will you honor and adorn the office of the holy ministry with a holy life? Will you be diligent in the study of holy scripture and the confessions? And will you be constant in prayer for those under your pastoral care? I will, the Lord helping me through the power and grace of his Holy Spirit. Please kneel. Jesus said, Peace be to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Caleb Dean Stover, I ordain and consecrate you to the office of the holy ministry of the word and sacraments in the one holy Christian and apostolic church in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The Lord Jesus pour out on you his Holy Spirit for this office and work that you may faithfully preach the gospel and administer the sacraments. Amen. Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young. But set an example for the believers in speech, in life, in love, in faith, and in purity. 1 Timothy 4.12. Paul's wonderful advice to young Pastor Timothy and Paul's advice for you, young Pastor Caleb. God bless you and your family.
Caleb in Paul's letter to the Romans, he says that in all things, God works good for those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. The word of the Lord from Isaiah chapter 30, verse 21. Whether you turn to the right or to the left, you will hear a word behind you saying, this is the way, walk in it. That word is the inerrant word of God. Let it guide you as you serve your flock. Brother, the Apostle Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13, I can do all things through him, Christ, who gives me strength. I will lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Psalm 121, verses 1 and 2. As we said tonight from Philippians 1.19, as Paul found encouragement in the ministry, I know through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Philippians 1, verse 19. Caleb the psalmist writes, Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, nor stand in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which bears its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. Join together. You'll join together in praying with us the prayer our Lord has taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Please stand, Caleb. Caleb, please turn and face the congregation. Beloved in the Lord, Holy Scripture says, Obey your leaders and submit to their authority. They keep watch over you as men who must give an account. Obey them so that their work will be a joy, not a burden, for that would be of no advantage to you. Hebrews 13. Will you, the faithful, according to the church's public confession, and speaking for the whole church, receive Caleb as a servant of Christ and minister of word and sacrament. If so, then answer, we will. We will. Please stand. We pray.
O eternal merciful God, you have spoken through your own dear Son, saying that the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers few, and that we should ask you, the Lord of the harvest, to send laborers into your harvest. Hear now our prayer on behalf of Caleb, who this day is ordained and consecrated to be your minister in the church. Strengthen him mightily to take up the word of truth and faithfully to administer your holy sacraments. Lord Jesus Christ, our great high priest, you gave your own life to be a holy and perfect sacrifice for us and for our salvation. Grant Caleb a heart zealous for your people and boldness to guide, comfort, admonish, and serve your congregations with gentleness and wisdom. Fill him, your under-shepherd, with your love, that in your name he will seek the straying and bear up the weak. Give him the heart never to grow weary in the service of your flock. Holy Spirit, strengthen and keep Caleb in the word of truth and life, and support him in every time of trouble and distress. Make his labors fruitful, and when the day of labor is ended, grant him to come with rejoicing before your presence to receive with all your faithful his portion in eternal salvation. To you, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all glory and honor, both now and forevermore. Amen. Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Let us pray together. O Lord, since you never fail to help and govern those whom you nurture in your steadfast fear and love, work in us a perpetual fear and love of your holy name. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. O God, from whom all come whole, all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works, give to us, your servants, that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey your commandments, and also that we, being defended from the fear of our enemies, may live in peace and quietness. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Let us bless the Lord. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen.